Hey, what's going on? My name is Coach Lee Hopkins. My pronouns are he, him, his, and you're listening to the Patterns of Possibility podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to helping you replace harmful patterns with new possibilities. In each episode, we'll explore topics that inspire you to be yourself, live your truth, and make lasting friendships. In this episode, I have an interview with you, and this interview is over a year old, but it has aged pretty well, um, honestly, and I can see where I have gone right with selecting my interview guests. I'll pat myself on the back behind the scenes, pat, pat, pat. <laughs> but we talk about building connection and community through this app, this Uchi app that he's created. But first, before we start talking about the Uchi app, we talk, talk about the process that he has gone through, the self-discovery, to learn why this app was necessary and how it solved a particular problem about being heard and understood in his life. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Thanks so much for listening. In this episode, we have an interview. I think I say it just like that every time. We have an interview. <laughs> um, so we do, though. Uh, I have a guest here who has really an interesting story to share. Interesting. I'm very excited to, to introduce him to you. Just kidding. I don't do that. I'm going to let him introduce himself. So Kevin Strauss, please tell us who you are, what you do, why you're here. Hey, Lee. Um, well, thanks for having me on your show. I I've had a chance to listen to some of your previous podcasts, and I'm loving it. So um, I'm hoping your audience is going to love this conversation uh, as much as I've loved the ones you've had in the past. Um, I'll follow your lead. I'm uh, Kevin. I go by uh, he, him. Those are my pronouns. And basically, you know, it's funny. I consider myself your pretty typical American um, you know, college and grad school and work and all. But within all of that, I think my, my life has really been driven by just curiosity. And whatever topic that covers and, and whatever I can dig into, um, I just follow that path. And it's led to a lot of different places from biomedical engineering to triathlon to emotional health and connection. And that's really what I'm focusing on now is, is this all-important, basic human need of love, connection, and belonging. Man, um, that is fantastic. I, I got thrown off, completely, completely thrown off because <laughs> you said, I'm a typical American who also does biomedical and, and engineering, biomedical engineering, mm -hmm. too. Like, mm -hmm. That doesn't sound very typical. That sounds right. <laughs> that sounds that sounds like you are very very curious and you know uh, I think really smart to put that stuff together. But that doesn't stop you from wanting and sharing the basic human need of connection, right? Right, yeah. right. So and and the interesting thing is is how is how all of all that work, all that school, you know, for mechanical engineering and then a master's in biomedical engineering all that problem solving um, experience, I, I really feel like that's what has led me to this idea of emotional health and, and human connection and just how important it is for us human beings. Okay. I understand that. Um, 
so you have a great set of problem solving skills. Excellent. Mm -hmm. What is the problem? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I think the problem, first, it's my problem, right? Like I'm trying to solve my problems. Yeah. And, <laughs> yes. and, and I feel like my problem um, is very similar to most people's problem. Um, and and we'll I think we'll probably get into this in in a lot more detail. But uh, the the problem, wow! I don't want to just uh, give it all away. But really, I think the problem that humanity is struggling with this is where I have landed is is with this need for love, connection, and belonging not being met. And when a basic need is not met, then we'll do basically anything possible to ease the pain of that need not being met or to try and meet that need in some other way. And that's where our behaviors come into play. And, and that's basically the first pattern probably that I noticed in myself that set me off on this journey for connection. Mm, yeah. So that definitely sounds familiar to me. That's why I'm doing this podcast in the first place, looking for a community, looking for connection connection, trying to understand what these things really, really mean. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've discovered that, I mean, just talking about it really helps facilitate it. Let's get started there. So mm -hmm. you said, uh, meet the need of, we have to meet our needs. If we're not getting the love connection and belonging, and that also sounds very familiar because I used to drink a whole lot. I used to drink to mm -hmm. just kind of not have to deal with anything else or escapism, do a lot of work, or I play a ton of video games, things like that. So now that I'm not feeling that way, I feel a lot better and I'm able to understand this love and connection. So I wonder, is this part of your story as well? Like how did you meet these needs to get love, connection and belonging? What did you end up doing to, to fill that gap? So, <laughs> well, a lot of different things. Thankfully, my behaviors were not the obvious destructive behaviors. Mine tended to be more on the extremely constructive side of the coin. And, and what I always say is the more extreme the behavior, the deeper the emotional pain. And, and I distinguish from emotional and mental. Those to me are two different areas of health. They interrelate, but mental health is different than emotional health, which is different than physical health, which is different than spiritual health. They all interrelate, but they're all different. And if they're not nurtured, that's when we really, with, if any one is not nurtured, we will really struggle. Um, hmm. So I didn't exactly answer your question right away, that but... Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say that's all right. I will <laughs> ask it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, so it was, it was it was what were my what were my behaviors or how did I deal yeah. with my unmet need, right? Yeah, because yeah, I'm super curious. You said not obviously destructive, but it's more productive. So I want to hear what that is. Yeah, yeah. Constructive. I use constructive, constructive and destructive as opposed to positive, negative, good or bad. You know, that's sort of a judgment. But I think of it as is something adding to your life or is it taking away from your life? So the kinds of constructive behaviors that I would participate in um, 
you know, one, you know, going to school, college for engineering, which is, you know, tends to be one of the more challenging degrees um, to earn in college. You know, I've, that's all subjective, but, um, you know, from what people tell me. Uh, and then going on for biomedical engineering, you know, taking it a step further. And then, you know, within my career, it's all about um, results because the more results I have, the more value I feel like I'm bringing to the world and the more valuable I am in the world, the more I'll be loved. It doesn't exactly work like that, but mm-hmm. that's, that's how my brain has been using it. And, and to show you how extreme that can be is through my career at this point now, I've earned 77 patents. And patents are not a wow. like, oh, I'll just go get a patent tomorrow. That's, it, you know, it doesn't just happen, you know, like you're buying, you know, you know, a coffee at the, at the Starbucks or something. Um, it's a lot of effort, a lot of work. And a patent, you know, has to be innovative. It has to be unique. It has to solve a problem. Um, and you don't just do that on a whim. And, and I've now earned 77. That's, it's kind of extreme. I would say now it's uh, good because because a lot of the patents help people right because they're typically implants for spine surgery or instruments to be used in spine surgery and and that's all good it's very constructive you know helping people helping save lives and improve quality of life but you know you don't have to get 77 patents to be valuable as a person yeah because I don't have one patent, and I think I'm valuable as a person <laughs> well, <and> you, are. <laughs> you absolutely are <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so i I get it. you were really looking to make it seems like a mark on the world because you wanted to uh share want to share your expertise and and feel good in doing that because at the end of the day, the more people who know you and are affected with the things that you create, the more love you will get back. Is that what you were? That's the idea. Again, this yeah. is all done subconsciously. You know, I've only figured this out in the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, the more valuable I am to the world, um, and also my need to be seen and heard and understood. Again, those are all just different ways of saying my need to be loved. And. Mm-hmm. That's Absolutely. really what it all comes down to is our need to be loved. But, you know, I mentioned in my little intro, you know, the idea of also being a triathlete. And, you know, I've been doing triathlon now for like 20 years. And you don't have to do triathlon to be physically healthy <laughs> or physically fit. It's kind of extreme, right? To, to swim, then bike, then run. And and on top of that, to do the Ironman triathlon, it, it's it's the now it all seemed like a natural progression for me. But looking mm-hmm. back on it, that's my way of you know escaping whatever I don't want to deal with, which is my right. feelings, my my mm-hmm. painful feelings. Um, because you know after you've done that much exercise, you're just too physically tired to to do anything else. Right. So you're not going to deal with your feelings. Um, so that's another way of escaping, right? Yeah. Um, but also, you know, doing a triathlon, doing a half Ironman, doing an Ironman, you know, then to be seen or maybe looked up to or admired 
by others in society because you know not everyone does an Ironman triathlon. Um, yeah, but again, not- you don't need to be a triathlete to be physically fit and healthy. Yes, I understand what you're saying there um, because I really am impressed with that. I'm impressed with people who can run marathons. That that is something that impresses me just in general. Maybe even like ten miles. That whatever. I'm lazy. <laughs> I mean, ten miles is no joke. You know. I mean, I would struggle to run ten miles right now. Uh, yeah. So you know, uh, you do have you had the right idea. The to I mean, what you went to accomplish, it worked. So the idea was to be admired by people. And you got that done because people admire the fact that you did this. You have all these patents. You're, you're really smart. You put your mark on the world. But somehow, it didn't seem to be enough. So Mm-mm. when did you discover that? Or what did it look like when you found out that wasn't enough? <laughs> well, you know, Lee, I-, I feel like I'm still discovering it. Like every single day, there's another layer mm-hmm. of this onion that's being peeled back. Um but when I when I look back, when I really, when I really start to look back, um, you know, the first pattern that I noticed in myself was in my um, late twenties, when you know I would just go from relationship to relationship, like none of the relationships were working out, and being a problem solver engineer that I am, uh, you know, it's like what's going on? Why? Why does? Why do I keep? you know, ending it Mm -hmm. with one woman after the next. And where I landed on that was self-esteem. I noticed that I kept breaking up with women because of their low self-esteem. I just, I couldn't deal with it. It was, and it was the typical obvious kind of stuff like, you know, oh, do I look fat in this dress? Oh, what do you want to eat for dinner? I'll do whatever you want to do. And I'm like, (laughs) just, you know, you know, if I'm with you, I'm attracted to you. So whatever you look like, I'm into it, you know, whether you think you're fat or whatever, I'm into it, whatever you are, but it it keeps coming up, you know, and then someone who's just so wishy-washy and doesn't want to make a decision just kind of drove me crazy. Yeah. I can imagine too, because Mm -hmm. you, I can imagine too, because you are the guy who gets stuff done. You're, you decide you're going to do a thing and you go do it and you do it to the extreme. So if they can't even get started, they can't decide which line to, start, to, to line up in to get started. It's right. got to be really frustrating. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. Exactly. So, so I would, I would break up, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then as I started looking into self-esteem more and more, um, you know, <laughs> it occurred to me that, well, it's not just women who struggle with low self-esteem. It's also men who struggle with low self-esteem. It just presents differently. You know, for a woman, it might be like, um, oh, I'll do whatever you want to do or, um, or, you know, do I look fat in this dress? That kind of thing. And for a guy, it might be like, you know, peeling out at a stoplight or revving the engine or bragging about how much money or how big their muscles are. Those are all signs mm-hmm. of low self-esteem. You know, it's an insecurity about themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. Definitely. So now we're at this self-esteem mark, right? So then another pattern, I'm trying to keep with your theme, but another pattern that, that I noticed, and this was back, um, again, around the same time, another pattern I noticed was that most conflicts seem to be occurring 
when one or both people were not sharing how they truly felt or what they truly thought. And as I started to observe conversations or conflicts and arguments, it just seemed to keep coming up time and again, time and again. So and, I have to ask you right here. I have to ask you mm-hmm. right here because I, I feel like we skipped over what you discovered okay. in the relationship. So I understand oh, okay. that you discovered, you know, that uh, low self-esteem for the women. But when mm-hmm. did you decide that I'm going to do something different? Yeah. So, so it relates to the conflict story as well. Gotcha. And it, well, the funny thing is, is that pretty much, <laughs> according to my brain, pretty much everything relates back to love, connection, and belonging. Like everything. So we've got the, the low self-esteem issue, and now we've got mm-hmm. conflict issue. And as, as part of my job as an engineer at this particular company I was working at, we were charged with, with identifying problems um, in, in society, in community, in health, and, and solving them, doing research. And this research was funded by NIH. Um, and, and we would win grants and, and do this research and, and explore things. So I noticed that conflict was causing a lot of problems in families, especially families with teenagers, and people weren't sharing their true selves. And I thought, what if there was a way to help people just express themselves and be heard? And, and as I started doing the research to create this grant, I stumbled upon, again, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, okay, which yeah. actually it's it's Maslow's theory of human motivation, and the hierarchy of needs is just something that some marketing people came up with years later because the the hierarchy is not Maslow's. But anyway, that's beside the point. Yeah, we do have these these needs for human that that drive our behaviors, and and the the problem with the hierarchy and the pyramid is that we seem to believe that first you have to do your physiological needs, food, water, shelter, then safe, then comes safety and security. But if your food, water, shelter aren't met, then you can't move up to safety and security. And then you cannot move up to love, connection, belonging, and you cannot move up to self-esteem and then up to self-actualization. But that's actually not how Maslow describes it in his original paper. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. You got to read the original paper, right, from 1943, which, of course, I have on my phone. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm not reading that. (laughs) That's fine. I've done work for you. Yeah, you've done the work. So I'm really excited to hear what you had to say. What did Mm -hmm. you discover? So basically, we have all of these needs at the same time. One might be in the forefront, but they're all basic needs. So... At any given time, you might be working on your self-esteem, but then you might be working on your food and water. Then you might be working on your safety and security. Then you bounce back to food and water because you're hungry. Then you go up to love and connection. So they're all kind of intermixed, actually. So there's a little bit of hierarchy, but also there's they're intermixed because the hierarchy mm-hmm. comes in when if you're dead, right? If you don't have enough water for three days and you're dead, Nothing else matters. So the other needs do not matter. Right, right. But, but, and we've seen this time and again in TV shows, movies, our own lives, that we will easily forego food, water, sleep when we get dumped by someone we really liked. Or when we have a horrible argument with a, a family member or a boss. 
Right. Right. So, so now we will forego our physiological need because of mm-hmm. that connection and love need. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, because that's all broken. So nothing else really matters in the in the moment. It's just healing that right. part of us. Yeah, healing that, that part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, if somebody's if somebody's cutting off your windpipe, then your entire existence is about getting air. Like nothing else matters than air. You know. Right. But if you've got air and you've got water and you've got food. And you're able to, you have a place to sleep and you've got shelter, which mm-hmm. most people, most people have, which actually, I know that's actually not true, but in a, in a first world country, most people do have those basic needs for the right. most part. I know there mm-hmm. are struggling areas, but for the most part, they have it. And, right. and even though the reality is in the world, 80% of the world's population does not have enough food and water in a given day. Right. But it's the 20% that is self-destructing because their need for love, connection, and belonging is not being met. And then that's what drives their behaviors. Interesting. Interesting. It's not because they're mentally crazy and they're insane or they're mentally ill. You know, I can do all of my engineering and do all these patents and figure out all my nutrition and exercise routine and so on. But if I'm not feeling that love and connection, then then nothing else really matters. The love and connection is what's driving most of my behavior. Even though mentally I'm able to do all these complex cognitive processes, emotionally I'm hurting. Mm-hmm. Essentially, you're doing the the complex processes, but um, the goal of it is to get that emotional wellness or emotional health from it. And so you're, you weren't able to do that. And also the physiological stuff that you running a thousand miles and swimming a billion more, all that, that is part of it trying to get to that love and affection thing. Yes. It's, Mm -hmm. it's doing all of these things to feel valuable and worthy of love because inside I don't feel worthy of love. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it is. It's a work in progress. Yes. And I think that um, you'll be learning about yourself until you die. I know. Yeah, which every is day. fun, right? That's yeah. all part of the fun. And that's part of life. And, you know, the, the whole idea of health and well-being is, you know, it's never a one-time effort, right? right. You, can't just, mm-hmm. you can't just have a great night's sleep once and you're done with it. You know, you can't just <laughs> eat one meal, one really great healthy meal and and yeah. eat like garbage the rest of the no like and you can't just have a good connection with someone one time and and think oh i'm emotionally healthy now no that that's not how health works health health is an ongoing process and it's you're always ebbing and flowing with it yeah absolutely i mean that's absolutely right you have to continue on and that's what we do that's our that's our meaning that's our life that's our motivation so i want to ask you i'm going to go back because i this is what i i kind of put together and i just want to run it by you because i was sticking with the story with your girlfriend your girlfriends Mm -hmm. and stuff so yeah yeah i was just curious so well what i what i put together was that um no you saw that they had low self-esteem right Mm -hmm. and but Mm -hmm. you jumped you moved over to talking about how people don't share their feelings. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, did your relationships explode because you decided one day that you were going to share all of your feelings at once because you were tired of all the 
are you this? Are you that? Can you make up your mind? Like, here's all my feelings about all those things at once. Um, you know, I, I think I, I really just kind of avoided that altogether. And I just ended the relationship. Wow. Did you ghosted her? I'm sorry. That's terrible. Well, I mean, back then there wasn't, that, that wasn't even a thing back, oh, back in oh, yeah? you know, 1997 or something, you know, but, um, gotcha. right. I mean, or 2001, uh, that, that just, mm -hmm. there weren't yeah, smartphones yeah. or anything. Um, yeah. but, but, but yeah, so, but what I noticed was that I'm recognizing all of this low self-esteem in partners and I'm thinking, I've got great self-esteem. I'm proud of this. I'm proud of that. I've done this. I've done that. I, I think, I think I'm great. I've taken these tests for self-esteem. I'm like off the chart. That's all just a cover up. And it took me another 15 years to figure out that I struggle just as much with self-esteem. It just presents as like overconfidence. Uh huh. But it's I see. actually a cover up for my own self esteem issues. And then, and I'll tie this also back to the Maslow to Maslow's work, is self esteem is a is a different area from love, connection, and belonging. And and we know that it's not a straight hierarchy. It's not a linear progression, but but what I've come to understand is that you can't just give someone self-esteem, right? You can't give someone a gold star on their, on their report or tell them how you know, wonderful they are and how beautiful they are and how athletic they are and think, oh, you should have great self-esteem. You're, you're a wonderful person. That doesn't work. So what I've come to understand, or, or what I believe anyway, is that it is our need for love, connection, and belonging it's that support system that if we do not have it, we are going to desperately struggle to build our self-esteem. So here's a little bit about how I think that works. Mm -hmm. And this is just, you know, Kevin theory at this point. But okay. basically, when, when you do something, you try something new or whatever, and you do well, then you celebrate. And you're happy. You feel good. And, and your support system, I'm air quoting, your support system, your friends and family, celebrate with you. Woohoo, yay, Lee did it, he's great. Yay, you, thank you. <laughs> right? But when you try something and you fail, it feels terrible, right? You didn't get a you didn't get a goal in soccer. You 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 know cracked the the notes when you sang a song uh, at the school play. Uh, you failed a test. I mean, geez, I don't think I went through a semester in college where I didn't fail at least one test. Um, and you feel right. bad about yourself. But if you have a support network who truly loves you and values you, then when you do fail. They're there to console you and, they're, and they'll be there for you. But unfortunately, too many people don't have that. Too many people, when they fail at something, and we're talking, I'm talking about kids, you know, I'm talking about like under oh, yeah. six years old or, or under 10 years old. When you fail too often, a parent will say, well, you should have never done that anyway. You're not smart enough to do that. You're not strong enough to do oh, that. Yeah. You're not pretty enough to do that. You're not athletic enough to do that. You shouldn't mm -hmm. have even tried. And then it only takes a few failures and, and reactions like that, you're not even going to try anymore. And if you never try anything and succeed, 
you're going to really struggle to build your self-esteem. Yes. Yeah, that sounds very familiar to me. I talk about confidence, direction, and resilience. And confidence is Mm -hmm. definitely the first pillar. You need to get confidence. And uh, there are some ways that you can do that. And it's really helpful when you have a support system, especially when you fail, because those things really, they're really difficult to get out of if you can't Mm -hmm. see that you can try again and that there's a new day for you. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason too, because there are people who support you and they cherish you. So, mm-hmm. And they're still going to love you, even mm-hmm. if you do fail. But unfortunately, too many people don't have that. I mean, I've been witness to so many interactions between parents and their kids, you know, whether it's, you know, out at a grocery store, at a, at a restaurant, in my own family, like extended family, where, uh-huh. where the parent is, is berating the child in front of everybody. Yeah. And, and, you know, how am I going to ever amount to anything if, if I don't even get love from the person who's supposed to love me more than anyone? My right. parent, my family. It's a, it's a scam. And that, it's, a tr- it's a scam. It's a scam, right? It's, it's tr- it, it, yeah. <laughs> and that causes pain. It yeah. doesn't cause mental pain. It causes emotional pain. And right. it's when that basic need is not being met, that causes pain. And a human yeah. will do anything to avoid or ease their pain. Oh, so yeah. in the absence of knowing how to connect, they turn to behavior. Oh, yeah. So then behaviors like um, destructive and constructive behaviors, yep. like those yep. kind of things. Yeah, yep. so you could a- be a heroin addict or you could be, you know, Steve Jobs. Yep. You, yeah. Just something. Something to do, basically. Something. You need something to do. Yeah. To fill that gap. Yeah. So then you've yes. noticed you've noticed all these uh, gaps in communication or opportunities to help people communicate. And so mm-hmm. I'm going back to the relationship thing because I mm-hmm. feel like we move. I feel like we move away from that. We move uh, away from we'll, it a little bit. Yeah, we'll bring it back. We did. We did. We moved away from it a little bit because the thing I want to get is is that the the driver behind this whole thing and. Sure, you see other people suffering. It, it happens. I mean, we see other people suffering. You know, I I see people asking for change all the time. And I'm like, well, I can't do anything about this or I can't do anything about that. But I'm not going to dedicate my life to making their life better. My theory mm-hmm. is that when you grow up, you treat the person that you were as a kid especially when you when you have uh, uh, all the intelligence and uh, the know-how and the drive to do those things, you kind of treat the problem that you had as when you were younger. So that's what I'm actually right. doing. The patterns of possibility was is facilitating connection because I didn't get that and I want to make sure other people get that. And so I wonder if that showed up like a you didn't get that. So I, you didn't talk about, you know, being a kid, but I see that in the connection with your, your partners, you didn't really get that because you were both on different pages. And so kind of stepped away and, and just like, yeah, I don't, I don't think this is like, this was for you to create something to help facilitate connection for you. Right. That's what I'm getting. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yes. So, so just to, to try and to button up the relationship part for you, just because I feel like I'm, uh, I'm not trying <laughs> to avoid, I'm just sort of trying to create the whole picture here. But, but really, I, with the relationships <laughs> back then, 
I wouldn't even go near the actual feelings at this point. I wow. would just, I would just, just get out of the relationship and don't get into another relationship with someone with low self-esteem. The reality of this, you know, 15, 20 years later, figuring this out, mm-hmm. what I think is going on, I'm pretty darn sure, is the whole like attract like, like attracts like. So uh-huh. I'm attracting women with low self-esteem because of my own low self-esteem. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then in order for me to subconsciously try and build my self-esteem up, because I'm not getting the love and connection that I really need, and I'll get to that in one second, um, to try and build my self-esteem up, I get another patent. I do another triathlon. I ah. go on another big backpacking trip. I just find another woman to date and then and that in a month. And that's my cycle. That's my pattern. Do more things in my life to show that I'm valuable to the world so that I'm valuable to a great woman. Mm-hmm. But, on, but deep down, I am totally struggling on this need to feel heard, to feel seen, to feel valued just for being uh-huh. me. And, right. and that's where I am with the connection now. And, and, and you mentioned, you know, childhood and it all goes back to childhood. And, and I'll give you a quick little example of how, of how it would go in my family. So my parents are wonderful people. I always knew that they loved me. They always supported me. Um, but they also criticized every single thing that I did and they neglected me all the time. So a emotionally neglected me. I mean, physically I had, you know, food, water, shelter. I was alive and everything. So physically those needs were were alive. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But emotionally I was not, those needs were not being met, even though I knew that they loved and supported me. But if I would come home from school and I would say, and my mom would say, how was school? I say, fine, but I have a report to do. or I have a composition to write you know, about, I don't know, about, you know, my favorite vacation. And I would tell her, I was like, yeah, this is the assignment. I got to write a whole page on, on a vacation that, that really meant a lot to me. And I'm really stressed out. I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't think of anything. And, and I'm just, I'm just stuck and I'm lost. My mom's response would be, oh, well, when I was a child, I had to write a composition one time and, and it was only supposed to be one page, but I ended up writing two pages and it was so good. I got an <laughs> A on it and my teacher gave me the A and she was so happy with me that she asked me to read it in front of class. So the next day I read my paper in front of class and all the, all the other kids cheered me and they congratulated me and they told me how wonderful the story was. So then later the principal gave me an award for being such a good student and then that turned into, and she would go on for 20 minutes about her story about writing a paper. When wow. I'm the one with the problem that she completely ignores. And also, I think, makes it worse because she said another bar for you to get, to jump over. Wow. You're <laughs> right. You're that, right. So then that. she's telling me I'm not good enough, which means in translation to a child's brain, but really any brain, is I, if I'm not good enough, that means I'm not worthy of love. Right. And love mm-hmm. is a basic need. So this neglect, and not even just, it's not being acknowledged, not having my feelings validated, like mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. That causes pain. That causes stress. That causes your body to release ungodly amounts of cortisol. And when you have cortisol, you know, going through your body this often, right? 
yeah. then it changes your brain chemistry and other chemistry in your body. So what my whole point of that is that when we shame, judge, degrade, or neglect somebody, it causes emotional pain. And that emotional, that's trauma. That's emotional trauma. We say, oh, you know, you're so sensitive or put on your big boy pants or suck it up or we're just giving you a tougher skin. No, we are harming children and and adults. I mean, it happens in the workplace. It happens in school. We're harming people emotionally. We're giving people the message that they're not worthy of love. And when you are constantly not feeling worthy of love or not feeling loved, and again, love, connection, a sense of belonging. When you constantly feel that way and you're in that constant pain and you don't know how to get that connection, right. that's when you turn to behavior. And we yep. see it all the time. Drugs, alcohol, video games, you know. Whatever, just anything to... Anything. Just anything. Work. Yeah. work. <laughs> how many workaholics are there? You know, we turn to yeah. food. I mean, how many people eat their feelings? Um. Many. <laughs> like, yes. I'm like, yeah, I feel like I'm being attacked here. <laughs> but um, no, I'm, I'm going to go back. I'm empathizing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that you came back to clean that up to make sure that I didn't Did it like feel. Make sense? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like uh, the, the feeling thing. Mm-hmm. The feeling thing. Anyway, mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about uh, your emotional and mental health. Now, mm-hmm. a little earlier, you made a distinction between the two and you talked a whole lot right now about emotional health. So what's Mm -hmm. the difference between the two? Because I would listen to that and think, well, that's mental health. You're being mean, you're hurting their feelings, you're damaging them that way. So what's the difference between those two? Yeah. So, so the definitions that I use are a little different than, than mainstream. Um, So I think of emotional health as a person's ability to give and receive love. And by love, I mean love, connection, sense of belonging. So give and receive love. Whereas emotional intelligence is a person's ability to recognize, understand, and manage their emotions. Giving and receiving love is different than managing your emotions. Okay? And mental health, I see mental health as a person's ability to think clearly, focus, concentrate, perform cognitive tasks. And there are times when you're so upset because your boss just yelled at you, let's say, that you, that you can't even concentrate on your work. So now your emotional health was so compromised that it impacts your mental health. Another example, another quick example of that is um, school children. A lot of children struggle to focus and concentrate in class because they're coming to school emotionally traumatized by their own home environment. Mm -hmm. And when your emotional brain, it's called amygdala hijack. So the amygdala is in the brain. So all this is actually occurring in the brain, but just because it occurs in a brain doesn't mean it's not emotional, right? I mean, we go to the heart for emotion, but it's actually happening in your brain mostly. I mean, there's your gut stuff, but anyway. We know from the neuroscience that 95% of your actions and behaviors are driven by your subconscious mind, which is where your emotions are rooted. And only 5%, 5% of your actions and behaviors are coming from your conscious mind, Mm -hmm. which is where your cognitive process, it's your, your frontal lobe, 
where your cognitive processes are happening. So we seem to think as humans that we can think our way through everything, our mental ability. Yeah. How's that, how's that working for us? Well, you know, not well. <laughs> not well. Not, and, not well. And I'm sorry, but Freud was basically wrong. I would go straight up for, and, and actually we already know that most of Freud's theories have all been proven wrong, but we're still hmm. following Freud's, you know, psychoanalysis approach to modern psychology, psychiatry. And so what was that, the psychoanalysis approach that you're talking about that we focus on, we're still using? That's that our understand. brain is broken and we need to be able to think our way through our problems ah. and think our way through. Come on, Lee. You know it's not good to be drinking that much alcohol every night. You yeah. know better than that. Stop drinking. Just make yourself stop. You can stop. Yep. I used to tell work? people that. I used to tell people when I smoked cigarettes too, I'm like, yeah. Mm -hmm. They're like, you're going to die from that. Yeah, I am. And I continue mm -hmm. to smoke because, yeah, of course, I mean, I know that's going to happen, but I still have that need to do the thing. So I'm it's, going to do it. Yes, and, it, and for you, it, well, it, it it may not. It, it's a survival mechanism. Yeah, that is the that is what you found worked to survive your environment. Mm -hmm. So it's not it's not a broken mental process. Your brain is not broken. You're not a bad person. You're right. not weak. You don't have horrible self control or willpower. You're just, you just found a way to ease your pain. It just so happens that that way is, is fairly destructive to your physical existence. Yeah, so you just adapted to your environment. You adapted. So, I did triathlon. You smoked cigarettes and drank alcohol. Whatever. Yes. It, it's, it's all the same. <laughs> I have to laugh at that because the juxtaposition the two like you did something really constructive and I was like pretty destructive <laughs> but right but it, there's no but look, there's no but, but, but it's see just how funny. many people burn out yeah yeah I mean but that's the thing and and mm -hmm. I and I coach triathletes too I, I coach endurance athletes on the side and I can't tell you how many people in the endurance athlete community or CrossFit community or bodybuilding community um any of these extreme types of activities or taken to the extreme that the mm -hmm. person like, Oh, thank God for, um, for triathlon because it, it solved my, um, alcoholism problem or it solved my drug addiction problem. But, but then they went so obsessive with the triathlon and that can only be done for so long because what typically happens is you get injured or you burn out. And now what are you going to do to deal with your pain in your, your emotional trauma that you haven't dealt with? Mm. You end up, usually the next step is you go back or you, or you go one step further to like depression. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's usually, that's usually a place that people go. Yeah. So emotional health and emotional intelligence, mental health, those are all mm -hmm. things that are different. And so- yes. Those the people that you're talking about just a moment ago about the the triathlon the people who are, get pretty obsessive about something they need more emotional health is that where we're going with that or they, yeah they need to nurture their emotional health just like they would nurture their physical health with another workout they need to nurture their emotional health and that is something that we don't do as humans so then how how would we do that how would we go about doing that. Any way that you can connect, you know, it's like what, what you talk about a lot is 
However, we can authentically connect, love, have a sense of belonging, find community, and feel truly heard and seen and valued. Yeah. So That's what nurtures our emotional health. And then when your emotional health is nurtured, your behaviors naturally improve because behaviors are only symptoms. Ah, uh, behaviors are only symptoms. I like that. Yeah. So emotional health and uh, connecting with other people, back to where we're talking about what we really think and feel. You said that yes. that was one of the key things that was missing from a connection is talking about how we really think and feel. Can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the biggest problems in with humanity is that, you know, we don't really share how we're thinking and especially how we're feeling. And it's it's basically conditioned out of us almost from day one of life. Yeah, definitely. I'm thinking about, you know, when you're a kid or when you're a baby and you're crying, like, ah, oh, stop crying, stop crying. You're crying so much. Uh, you're just trying to get That's your exactly needs met. exactly it. Yeah. That's exactly it. And we do it even on day one, a baby's crying. What do we do? We say, shh, shh, you're okay. You're okay. So we're shushing the child. We're telling that child, do not emote. I don't want to hear you emote. I don't want to hear you cry. And then mm -hmm. we add insult to injury by saying, you're okay. We're telling that child how to feel. You're fine. Mm -hmm. So what we could be doing instead is saying something like, I hear you. I'm here for you. Ah. Just something yes. simple like that. And, and just be there with them as they cry. And, and, and that's it. That's all. Yeah. It definitely is more validating and connecting and they will calm down themselves because they can feel that energy. I mean, they're the parent after all. Oh, close to I just them. got chills. Yes, yeah. You got it. <laughs> all of you that got stuff. It. So mm -hmm. because we are having trouble connecting with other people that's telling our mm -hmm. truth, our thoughts and our feelings to each other, social media has gone crazy. We exaggerate this and that. We... We try to be people that we're not, definitely inauthentic. And you have come up with something that is a solution for that. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, there, there are definitely some valuable elements to social media. But also, look through your feed on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and, and look at all of the posts that people make and how few engagement there is on most posts. Right, Most posts on Twitter don't have a single reply, retweet, or whatever they do on Twitter. You know, I mean, most posts don't have any kind of engagement. So we're all screaming to be heard. We're all screaming to be seen. It's this huge mm. competition just to be seen. And social media is a great platform for that. But most people still don't feel seen. And we have enough research showing how detrimental social media is. So yeah. what I've done is, again, I'm not against social media, but I think there's another way that we can use the internet to really help foster authentic connection. And that's with this app called Uchi that I created. That's spelled U-C-H-I. And Uchi, the Japanese pronunciation is Uchi, but I just say Uchi. Um, and in Japanese, it means in-group or inner circle. So the Uchi app, it's not a social media, but it is a social platform because whatever you do on Uchi, only your Uchi friends have access 
to what you do on Uchi. Nobody else, there's nothing public about Uchi. You can't search for a person that, that doesn't even exist on the platform. The only way to invite someone into your Uchi, to your inner circle, is to know their email address and invite them by email. That's okay. the only way. And just another quick little tidbit is you can only have up to 50 friends in your Uchi network because the reality is, and the research is there, that a human being can really only maintain like 100 to 150 relationships at a time. Mm -hmm. That's in the research. So we just landed on 50 for now. Maybe it'll change in the future. But most people I talk to are like, I don't even have 50 friends that I want to invite. Right. Uh, yeah, I certainly don't. I, I certainly don't. And that's don't. the point. And mm -hmm. that's the point. Because it's the people who matter most to you that have the greatest impact on your emotional health. Right. Right. So if you have a great conversation with a stranger, you know, at Starbucks, that's that's awesome. That That's a great thing. But if they reject you and they don't want to engage with you in a conversation, you don't really care because you don't really know them. But if you try to engage a family member or a parent or a, mm -hmm. a, a partner, you try to engage them and they reject you. It really hurts. And yes. that's your emotional health being harmed. Right. So then what do we do about that on Uchi? So you talk about us being closer and connected, more intimacy, then mm -hmm. how do we connect with each other on that? We, I send my friend yeah. an email, they respond, and then what happens? What do we do? Right. So, so the email sent through the app. So basically the app is all about making conversations easier so you can dig into whatever these topics are to have deeper conversation about real topics. So what we've done is we create this huge database of questions and you just get on the app and you answer questions in any order, any topic, however you want to do it. There's no order. There's, it's not therapy. It's not, it's not some strict way to, to go through it. You just pick questions and you answer them and they cover all kinds of topics. And then your friends answer questions and then you read each other's answers. And now we're both on the same page because we're talking about the same topic. It's the same question that we're answering. And we also need to be sharing to a comparable level of depth or intimacy. So I kind of went a little out of order there for you. So let me explain. Okay. So what I think is needed for real connection to occur is that, one, both parties need to be talking about the same topic or subject matter. And two, they need to be talking to a similar level of depth or intimacy. So if you come home from, from work and your spouse is there and your spouse is like, hey, how was work? And they're like, oh, it's fine. You know, no big deal. You know, I'm tired. And then, and then they say, well, how was your day? And he said, like, oh, I did this, I did that. And then I went here and I went there and I did this. That's a disconnect. Right? Oh, yeah, we're, not, we're not on the same level. So we're not going to feel the connection. I used to do just that. I wouldn't, actually, I wouldn't know what to say because I've never really been asked. All it is is just, oh, well, my day was a regular day. I wasn't paying attention to anything I was doing at all. So now I talk about the food I had and the, how long it took me to cook it, where I got it from, all this stuff. Just talk about the normal things because it's a surprise, but your friends and your close connections want to hear that. They want to know. They about do you. want to hear it, and yeah. and as you talk about it, you start thinking of more things. And as they're listening, you feel like, wow, they're really listening to me. They must love me, you know. Mm -hmm. And it feels good. And then they add to it, and then you add to it, and now you get this huge oxytocin release, and it feels great. And you're bonding. That's connection. 
So yes. that's what we're trying to do on, or that's what we are doing on Uchi because you answer a question, I answer a que- I answer the same question, and we read each other's answers, and now we can have conversation all in writing, you know, on the platform. We just have conversation, and nice. and it's just it's just an amazing way, you know, when when it's it's only the written word. There's no pictures. There's no video. There's no audio. It's only and there's no like button. So it's all about your it's all an opportunity for you to articulate and share and you have time to do it because it's the written word and you do it on your own time this isn't mm-hmm. a text message back and forth this is yeah. you just submit an answer you submit a comment and they can read it the one big rule on uchi is you cannot read someone's answer unless you've already read unless you've already answered that question yourself yeah you don't want it to be kind of lopsided or or what? Exactly. Offside. Yeah, you don't want that to happen. Is that, I, actually that was where I was gonna uh, interject and ask that kind of question okay. because we talked mm-hmm. about the emotional intimacy level. You know, asking how your day was, it was fine. Versus, here's everything I did for today and last week. So, how do you mm-hmm. like monitor that? How do you, do you have a, a something to help them connect better? Well, it's by it's the questions. You know, by asking questions that probe. What we like to say is just below normal surface level conversation. Ah, surface okay. level conversation is how was your day? What'd you have for dinner? You know, um, you know, are you going to be working late tonight? Oh, did you catch that football game last week? Oh, that was a doozy. That's fine. Yeah. But that's, that's surface level. You know, mm-hmm. some of the questions, actually, I'll bring up the app right now. Um, oh, Fantastic. On my phone. Well, not for you, but for me because <laughs> i'm not sharing my i'm not sharing my screen right now oh yeah but, but i'll just i'll just read a couple um they, they they're all over the place here's a question if you could change anything about your personality what would it be and why mm-hmm. okay another question what are your hobbies go anywhere with that uh, another question i had um for an experiment i did after george floyd was more murdered um was how do you identify? Hmm. Go for it. However you want to identify, just let me know. Just like you allowed me to introduce myself today. Yeah. How, yeah. how do you identify? How do you want me to know you? Fantastic. That's definitely validation right there from the very beginning. Who are you? Who do you identify as? So so I can follow your lead. I really like those questions. Yeah. They're all about making the values connection. Where do you spend your time the, for the hobbies? And uh, just getting to know other people on a not too death level. Like you're not asking for emotional traumas. You're not asking for those kind of things. That's way too much. We just want to. We just want to be we friends with each other uh, closer than you know, acquaintances, but not each other's psychologists. <laughs> oh, absolutely! No, you're totally getting it. And and we really avoid those you know controversial. Um, questions, you know, like, how do you feel about abortion? Or, you know, what's your religious, like, that's not what Uchi's about. You know, Uchi's Mm -hmm. just about having an opportunity to share your perspective on the world and be heard by the people who matter most to you. I really like that. I like that. That sounds very beautiful. Yeah, it sounds very beautiful. So, um, you know, um, you've mentioned to me that Uchi is available, and I'm very excited. I know exactly who I'm going to invite on it. I've got uh, 
five people in mind, five people in mind. So I'm going to ask them if they'll go for it. I really hope they do because I really want to connect with them as a coach, as a friend and, and just everything. So yeah. that's what yeah. it's there for. We just want to provide a tool to help you in your life, however you want to use it. Yeah. We currently have a group chat, but it is kind of, it's, a, it's all over the place, you know? It's hard it's to keep place. track of the conversations, right? But yeah. on Uchi, on Uchi, for example, let's say we both answer the question, you know, how do you identify? Well, and, and we're friends on Uchi, so we can see each other's answers. So I can make a comment on your answer, and you and I can have a whole conversation under your answer to that question. Wow. Okay? But then... You might comment on my answer to the same question, and you and I can have a whole conversation under my answer for the same question. And it's all very nice and, um, you know, siloed, so it's easy to get back to. Yes, beautiful, because I know that in text messages, we have two different conversations going on at once. It just always happens, at least mm -hmm. two different conversations. So It's that, really that's hard to keep track. Yeah, it's very precise and it really shows exactly, you know, um, like one side or one person's point of, like it, it doesn't get mixed up in between your ideas and their ideas. It's very clear what they expressed and what you expressed. Yes. The, you also mentioned that this app is for coaches. I, I just mentioned coaches and other things. So it, it's for more than just uh, individuals as well. There's other uses for it. Yeah, absolutely. So Uchi is a free app available on, you know, Apple and Android. Um, download today. Um, it's purple icon with a U. Um, that's the little, you know, um, app icon. So it's, it's free for you to use as much as you want. Go for it, right? But if you want to come up with your own questions for people that you're working with. Now, the people that you're working with could be your family. It could be your clients as a coach, it could be your students if you're a teacher, it could be your employees if you're a manager, right? And it's a way, and then you can come up with your own questions and get the group having conversation and connection that doesn't interrupt their day. And in fact, it can mm -hmm. even be part of whatever exercise and activity you're doing anyway. Like if you had a topic of the week for your clients, your coaching clients, they right. come up with four or five questions specific to that and specific to your clients. And nobody else has access to what you do. We call this an Uchi tribe. And nobody, even your Uchi friends, do not have access to your Uchi tribe activity unless mm -hmm. they're in the Uchi tribe. And mm -hmm. anyone in the Uchi tribe does not have access to, to anything else you're doing on the platform it's only what you're doing in that tribe together. So it's Fantastic. very, very private. Yes. And in a day and age like this, we absolutely want that. And privacy will allow us to feel more secure to share what we want to share. So exactly. I really uh, heard this example of, um, or the idea of having your uh Managers, having managers use this to connect with their employees is my job has just become remote permanently. So I know that must have happened for a lot of people. And so this would be a great way to connect with with us, keep us connected so we can Absolutely. actually talk to each other. As some people because have you know, been hired, I have no idea oh, who sorry. they are. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I totally interrupted you. My apologies. I don't have any more words. Go ahead. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> See, this is why Uchi is actually good for me because it's hard to interrupt someone when you're just writing on your own. But when you were verbalizing, you know, I interrupt and, and that's, uh, that's me being a, a bad listener really, but I get excited. So that's my only excuse, but yeah. it's still not an excuse. <laughs> it's still bad, Kevin, you know, bad Kevin. Um, <laughs> and now I lost my train of thought. Um, so it, it's, it, it, and it's a different kind of platform than a um, Slack channel or group message or, or Google Hangout or Facebook page. It's, it's totally private. There's no advertising. Um, and you guide the conversation as the Uchi tribe leader, you would guide the conversation with the questions that you, that you ask. Yes, that's, that's fantastic. Go out and grab Uchi. It's available right now on Android and Apple platforms. So find your friends, not strangers. Thank you so much for coming on. You have a wealth of information. I really appreciate the scientific approach that you have. Sometimes people will look at things like this and think, well, it's all about emotion, but actually there's science to it. And there's a reason why we feel the way we do and think the way we do. So it is refreshing to have that point of view, as well as the human part that you talked about, how it really affected you and your life. So can you tell us where we can find you yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and thank you for seeing both sides of that, because ultimately, you know, all this science and my intellectualizing of every of, of this and getting to Uchi is really just my way of, of little Kevin saying, screaming, I just want to be heard. Just listen to me. And that's what I wasn't getting from my parents. And that's mm -hmm. what spun out, you know, through, you know, I'm, I'm almost 52 years old now. So you know, I'm still dealing and I'm still working on this. But anyway, if you want to get in touch with me, I'm more than happy to connect on LinkedIn. I think you'll probably have the link in the show notes. Um, and also through uchiconnection.com. That's our website. Um, and you can just go to the contact page there and, um, and I'll see that. And uh, I really would love to have you back again as a guest. I want to talk more about Maslow's. I've got ideas and thoughts already. So I wrote a bunch of stuff down. I'm really excited to explore these, uh, you said uh, spiritual health and uh, some other health, I think, some other things. But you said a bunch of things, and I think it'd be great to unpack them. So thanks again yeah, for coming. That'd be really fun. appreciate it. Yeah. So thank you, we'll Lee. Talk again soon. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Take care.